well, happy Thanksgiving week. It is great to have you here at Grace uh, this morning, and I want to invite you to open up your Bibles to Psalm 107. And uh, we're just going to have like a sermonette here this morning because uh, we've got many, many more baptisms upcoming. And so uh, as you're turning to Psalm 107, what we're going to see in Psalm 107 for the next few minutes is an invitation and a call to all of us to truly thank God for who he is and for all he has done. And for 2,000 years, Christians, and for thousands of years before that, the Jewish people have been marked by a spirit of thanksgiving and gratitude to our great God. And yet, if we're honest, at times we can resonate with the words of the great preacher Adrian Rogers who said, all around us we can find people who are grumbly hateful rather than humbly grateful. And that's true in my life, as I'm sure it's true in your life as well, as we think about being thankful to God for who he is, at times I find myself being grumbly hateful rather than humbly grateful. And so our hope this morning, our prayer this morning as we look at Psalm 107 is for the Lord to work truly an attitude of thanksgiving in each and every one of us. And there you can see in your bulletin, you have an outline, we're going to see a call to praise the cause of our praise, and a consideration to praise. So let's begin by looking at Psalm 107. Let me read for you first verses 1 through 3 of Psalm 107. It says, O give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his loving kindness is everlasting. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he has redeemed from the hand of the adversary and gathered from the lands, from the east and from the west, from the north. And from the south. Let's pause right here. Now, this particular psalm, Psalm 107, most likely is written to the group of people who were exiled to Babylon, and yet now the Lord has brought the Jewish people back to the promised land. So these are people who have known tremendous suffering. And yet the psalmist here in Psalm 107 is calling these people who were exiled and yet now have returned, he's calling them to give thanks to the Lord for he is good. And that's what I want you to notice there in the first verse of Psalm 107. The psalmist says, oh, give thanks to the Lord and then notice the reason why, for he is good. Even among those who had been exiled, they could still declare that God is good. Charles Spurgeon says, compared with him, with God, there is none good, no, not one, but he is essentially, perpetually, superlatively, infinitely good. I love that. He is essentially, perpetually, superlatively, infinitely good. And so the audience here of Psalm 107 and we along with them are called to give thanks to God because he is good. And then notice the psalmist explains what the goodness of God looks like. It says there at the end of verse 1, for his loving kindness is everlasting. His loyal love is everlasting. And again, remember, this was written to a people who have been exiled and yet now have been brought back. And they can declare, he is good. His loving kindness, his loyal love to us is everlasting. 
Then in verses two and three, you see a little more detail about what the Lord has done to those who are exiled and now have been brought back. The psalmist says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he has redeemed from the hand of the adversary and gathered from the lands, from the east and from the west, from the north and from the south. Notice the psalmist highlights that his audience, these people to whom he's writing, they've been not only redeemed, but they've been brought back. They've been regathered. In other words, the, the reason to praise God here is not only has he redeemed their life from Babylon, but he's gathered them back to himself there in the promised land. He is good. His loving kindness is everlasting as he has redeemed them and gathered them from the lands. But I want you to notice the first part of verse 2 one more time. As the psalmist recounts all the works of the Lord, notice his point, what he wants them to do at the beginning there of verse 2. He says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. I like how the Net Bible translates this. It says, let those delivered by the Lord speak out. Let those delivered by the Lord speak out. See, the psalmist is calling his audience, these people, the redeemed, to say something, to declare, to speak out about the Lord's goodness, about the Lord's loving kindness in their life. One person I read this week says that we talk about things that matter to us. When a school's beloved sport team wins a game, students talk about it. When people enjoy a good book or movie, they tend to recommend it to others. When people hear a good story, they share it. So then, we who have experienced the greatest of all acts, redemption, should want to make this news known in worship and witness. A silent Christian is a strange creature. Right? If, if this psalm is written to people who have been physically redeemed from exile, and if the psalmist is calling them to speak out the works of God's redemption in their life, how much more so should we who have been etern eternally redeemed speak out and say something? Because a silent Christian is a strange creature. And so listen, for all of you here this morning and those of you watching online, I want to invite you, if you've not trusted in Jesus for the forgiveness of your sins, if you don't have something to speak out about this morning, I want to invite you right where you are to put your faith in Jesus, to put your trust in him and in trusting in him, knowing that he paid the penalty for your sins on the cross, that he is offering to you his eternal redemption. And I would invite you, after you put your faith, at some point in the future to follow along with those here today who are publicly speaking out of their faith in the waters of baptism. But if you've not trusted in him, I'd invite you to do just that. 
As we look at number two on your outline, just real quick, I'm going to give you a quick overview. We don't have time to look at all of the verses, but what the psalmist does in number two on your outline, verses four through 32, is he uses four pictures, four poetic images to describe the redemption of the Lord in their life. Four poetic pictures of the Lord's redemption in their life. And he uses the picture of a lost traveler, of a bound prisoner, of an afflicted man, and of a periled seafarer or mariner. And in each of these four pictures, there's four parts. And this is what I want you to write down if you're a note taker there on your outline. In each of these four pictures of God's redemption, the first thing you see is a description of their problem. The second thing you see is their prayer. The third thing you see is the providence of God in their life. And then the fourth thing you see is their praise. So I have to alliterate it as good preachers do, right? So you see the problem, you see their prayer, you see the providence of God, and you see their call to praise. I want you to take some time this week to just work through those verses and identify those four elements all under number two on your outline. But let me just read the first one for you. Psalm 107, starting in verse four, notice we see the problem. It says, they wandered in the wilderness in a desert region. They did not find a way to an inhabited city. They were hungry and thirsty, and their soul fainted within them. That's the problem. But then in verse 6, we see the prayer. Notice, they cried out to the Lord in their trouble. And by the way, in each of these four pictures, that's what you see with the prayer. And one of the beautiful things I see there is that our prayer to God can be very brief. Just calling out to him in our time of trouble and in our distress. But then notice what the Lord does. The providence we see is he delivered them out of their distresses. He led them also by a straight way to go to an inhabited city. And then notice the praise. Let them give thanks to the Lord for his loving kindness, for his wonders to the sons of men, for he has satisfied the thirsty soul and the hungry soul he has filled with what is good. So that's just the basic breakdown here, this middle section of the psalm. And I would encourage you this week to go through the other three pictures. Uh, but quickly, I want you to jump down number three on your outline. And I want you to see the last verse. The last verse is really what, you, what I want you to take note of. Psalm 107, 43, this is kind of the ultimate point of the psalm. The ultimate point the psalmist is making. He asks there in, in verse 43, who is wise? Let him give heed to these things and consider the loving kindnesses of the Lord. At the end of the day, here at the end of Psalm 107, what the psalmist wants from his audience, from you and from me, is this. To ask the question, who is wise? And the wise are invited to take heed and consider the loving kindnesses of the Lord. 
That word consider means to direct your attention to, to pay attention, to discern, or to think about. The psalmist, in other words, as he recounts the Lord's loving kindness to those who are in exile, whom he has redeemed, he's inviting it open to all of us to consider the loving kindness of the Lord in your own life. And that's exactly what I want to invite you to do this week, this Thanksgiving week, there on the backside of your outline, your one thing. I want to invite you to take some time this week to consider all that the Lord has done for you in the past year. And I would invite you to use the space below to record your words of thanksgiving to him. And listen, as I've thought about this psalm this week and as I have considered the loving kindness of the Lord to me, uh, what I want to tell you as this sanctuary is filled is that I am grateful to God for you. Um, Truly, as I think over the last year, I've seen evidence after evidence after evidence of the Lord's loving kindness to me personally in bringing us back here to Grace Bible Church and giving me the honor to be your pastor. And uh, I'm incredibly, infinitely grateful to God for his goodness to me, his loving kindness to me in giving me the opportunity uh, to pastor here at Grace. And uh, I would invite you this week to consider the Lord's loving kindness in your life as well. Uh, To close, I want to share with you a great line from Charles Spurgeon, who commenting on this particular psalm said this. He said, those who notice providences shall never be long without a providence to notice. Those who notice providences shall never be long without a providence to notice. And in many ways, that's the summary of Psalm 107 an encouragement for us to notice the providences of God in our own life. And as we train ourselves to notice those providences, we will see more and more evidence of God's providence in our life. Would you pray with me? Father, uh, thank you so much for your word. Thank you for your providence in our life. And God, I pray that you would work within us Uh, Just a discerning heart, a discerning mind to see your sovereign hand guiding each and every one of our lives. Uh, God, thank you for the redemption that you have given to us in Jesus. Thank you that of all people, we have the most reason to rejoice, to celebrate, to praise, and to express our thanksgiving to you. And Father, now as we continue in singing, as we continue um, recognizing uh, baptisms this morning, I pray that you would fill our hearts more and more with just an awe, a thanksgiving, and a praise of who you are. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.